0: So the topic today is prayer reading first from Khalil Gibran the prophet my grandma's book then a priestess said speak to us of prayer and he answered saying you pray in your distress and in your need would that you might pray also in the fullness of your joy and in your days of abundance For what is prayer but the expansion of yourself into the living ether? I'm going to say that again. What is prayer but the expansion of yourself into the living ether? And if it is for your comfort to pour your darkness into space, it is also for your delight to pour forth the dawning of your heart. And if you cannot but weep when your soul summons you to prayer, she should spur you again and yet again, though weeping, until you shall come laughing. When you pray, you rise to meet in the air those who are pray- praying at that very hour, and whom, save in prayer, you may not meet. Therefore, let your visit to that temple, that temple invisible, be for naught but ecstasy and sweet communion. For if you should enter the temple for no other purpose than asking, you shall not receive. And if you should enter into it to humble yourself, you shall not be lifted. Or even if you should enter into it to beg for the good of others, you shall not be heard. It is enough that you enter the temple invisible. I cannot teach you how to pray in words. God listens not to your words, save when he himself utters them through your lips. And I cannot teach you the prayer of the sea and the forest and the mountains. But you, who are born of the mountains and the forests and the seas, can find their prayer in your heart. And if you but listen in the stillness of the night, you shall hear them saying in silence, O oh God, who art our wing itself, it is thy will in us that willeth. It is thy desire in us that desireth. It is thy urge in us that would turn our nights which are thine into days which are thine also. We cannot ask thee for aught, for thou knowest our needs before they are born in us. Thou art our need, and in giving us more of thyself thou givest us all. <laughs> it's very biblical. I'm going to read that one line one more time. For what is prayer but the expansion of yourself into the living ether? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we've got from Mark Nepo, the book of awakening. The work of prayer when we feel least like praying (laughs) is neither to inflate or deflate the world or ourselves, but to restore our connection to the powerful currents of life. To restore our connection to the powerful currents of life. Thank you, Mark. All right, my loves. Meister Eckhart says, it is a lie, any talk of God that does not comfort you. I love that so much. Many of us come in wounded to this space, right, from our upbringing in some way where we felt the um, rigidity and the constriction and the lack of tolerance from our religious communities. And this is like this line, this beautiful poem from Meister Eckhart is like balm. It says, it is a lie. Any talk of God that does not comfort you. So beautiful. All right, friends. And then we've got one more, just a short one. And this is from St. Francis of Assisi. The result of prayer is life. Prayer irrigates the earth, and heart. The result of prayer is life. Prayer irrigates the earth and heart. Mm. And then you have to remind yourself what does irrigation do? What does irrigation do? Right? It's water, right? When we irrigate the land, it spreads the water so that everything can get the water equally. Right, so it's not all just going into one spot, but it's spread out. And so he's saying, prayer irrigates the earth and your heart. right? Just like a Mark Nepo said, it's like returning us back to the flow, to the connection of all things, which is super beautiful. Okay, love. Um, so here is why this is up for me. <laughs> um It's been a very challenging year, as many of you know, particularly challenging for small business owners. And inside of myself, um, I have felt a lot of attack thoughts, right? And let's define attack thoughts really quick because I think that it's important. We have this sort of um, balance that we have to play in our lives where when we are feeling upset or anxious or, um, I don't know, whatever it is, angry. It's not one that I move toward, or so uh, angry that we cry that we're sad, right? (laughs) Where we don't want to um, buy into that being correct perception. We don't want to buy into that state, that passing feeling as being a correct perception. Does that make sense? So if we're in a state of, let's say, um, anxiety, if we start to believe that that anxiety is permanent, then that starts to color the way in which we see the world, right? That everything is something to be anxious about, and also that everything is is anxiety producing, right? It starts to have threads everywhere. Or anger can be the same thing, or fear can be the same thing. It's not buying into that being the correct perception of the world. But it's also not stuffing it inward so much that it changes our perception of ourselves. Does that make sense? So if we don't express and be honest about the way that we are feeling, um, then we will shove that down inside of ourselves, like my hand motions, right down into the pelvis, the garage of the body, um, where... becomes dysfunctional right where it can come out sideways at some point for example um, uh, on Thanksgiving morning I received an upsetting phone call and I went home and immediately yelled at my daughter after we did class (laughs) right and then I realized it was because in the phone call I had to stuff it down right and be like "Mm, yes totally and then after that, I had not um, done the work of completing the stress cycle, which we have a whole other class about that you can go look at, um, called completing the stress cycle. You can Google it if you want the or do with the search Love Hive search bar to look at it, right? But I hadn't completed the stress cycle, had shoved it down, and then when I got home and I saw that the garbage cans were still outside, I like exited that out by getting upset with my daughter, right? Um, and that's what can happen if we shove it down and imagine just like a little upset at someone if it's shoved down year after year after year that can become like a big woundedness that happens where we're then moving in the world from a place of anger and also seeing anger reflected back at us um and this is we talked about this a little bit in the meditation this morning but there is a thing called projection (laughs) you might have heard of it Um, where if we are cultivating right and being with and buying into that internal state inside of us right that everything is scary or um that we are uh that there's a sense of lack right is a big one that there's not enough right inside of us then we project that sense of lack onto the world that we see around us if we're buying into it okay so there's that and then there's also what we were talking about in the meditation, which is extension. So in terms of like our work, like our number one of our number one jobs as spiritual practitioners and people who are trying to wake up in this world is to notice, am I projecting something out onto the world, accidentally buying into something that happens all the time, like my Thanksgiving morning? Awesome. Good mom alert. <laughs> um, or are we extending extending love out into the world right and we're either in that space it's one of those things friends or we're not are we projecting or are we becoming an extension of love and i know because you are here listening to this that you know the difference energetically right i know that you know the difference energetically so um i'm just looking at my notes to make sure i'm on i'm kind of on track So in between those two um, places, right? Whether (laughs) um, when we're like cultivating an internal sense of peace and love, so that we can extend that outward, or we're cultivating a um, a sense of lack, for example, or it could be anything inside of ourselves and then projecting that outward, there has to be a way in which we have tools to not do the buy-in, right? The buy-in that the anger is real and permanent. The um, buy-in that everything is lacking and that there's not enough internal abundance, right? And prayer, I have found, as I've been in this process of um, being in the lawsuit with my landlord (laughs) and a lot of other things, has been this beautiful, beautiful tool when I'm experiencing attack thoughts and starting to buy-in to this sense of like anger or lack or victimization right that oh woe is me the world is terrible everything bad is happening that's not useful and when i say attack thoughts i mean um two things one that when i am in that state of looping thoughts that are negative and feel yucky and really sticky and have a lot of residue you know what i'm talking about it's like the thoughts that you have when you can't sleep um that it harms me Like, I feel like I'm existing in a lower vibrational field. Like it feels slow and sticky and sloggy. And that's that um, part of like being in projection sort of mindset rather than an extension of peace and love mindset. It's like, whoa. Um, Then, um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so that's the feeling of the looping in our mind, right? Is when we get into those attack thoughts. Um, It makes us feel bad, but it also changes our perception of the world. And so then the question becomes, okay, well, how can I remedy that when I'm like really in a stuck place? When it really feels like, oh my God, I cannot, I do not want to think these thoughts for any one more second, right? And in my life, (laughs) I've had a really weird relationship with prayer, so, as a child, many of you know that I was raised Catholic, and um, if you know me, you know that I would take that very seriously. And so, as a young girl, I took it so seriously, friends, that every single night before I went to sleep, I would have to say this like litany of prayers and blessings for my family and blessings for people in the world, and then I would try and go to sleep. Right? But it was coming from this place inside of me that felt like I wasn't good unless I did that, right? So there was this way in which, like Khalil Gibran was talking about, that the prayer was coming from um, not a spacious calling out, but from a feeling of striving, like I had to do that in order to be good, which is, that has Catholicism all over it. Um, But that went on for years that kind of praying and then as i started to grow up and got really into yoga and learned about mantra there um my thoughts around prayer started to shift and see like oh if we're chanting the sign, sign the sound of om or a mantra to lakshmi then we're inviting in a different kind of vibrational quality in our hearts and our minds. And I'm like, okay, well, that that kind of like shifts what prayer is for me. And then recently, um, as I've been having a difficult time with anxiety and these looping thoughts, I've just been noticing, here's the thing, noticing, and that's the big one, like, oh my gosh, I feel so stuck. I feel stuck in these looping thoughts. I really don't wanna be here not serving me, it's not serving the work I want to do in the world and it is absolutely not an extension of love and peace out into the world. And so it happens a lot of times when I'm running or when I'm trying to go to sleep, when I have, when I'm meditating, where there's um, I can notice these looping thoughts and then pause that's the big one is to notice and then pause. These are the steps and then I'll actually call out like say words (laughs) that call out and say please like help me like spirit universe whatever my inner guide which we'll talk about in a second help me i'm trying (laughs) i'm trying so hard but i can't stop these thoughts by myself right i can't do it with through the power of my mind i can't seem to stop these thoughts and do you know what has happened friends big reveal it fucking works it works like almost instantaneously, almost instantaneously that my mind settles, that my inner wisdom, that part of me that is light, can has space and room to arise. And my thoughts tend to settle and become more aligned with peace, right? And more an expression of the love that resides within all of us. And it's been a profound, profound practice I have never, ever experienced in my life, despite a very long history of prayer. (laughs) Um, So right when I was falling asleep last night and I knew that this was gonna be our topic, I woke up and I wrote this in the dark. And I wrote prayer. It's the moment when when we call out. It's when we are truly ready to accept change and to shift our perception. It's the knowing I'm not this thought, I'm not this belief, I'm not this action. It's knowing that I have agency and that I have free will and that also that I'm calling out to something larger than just my physical material self, which includes the thoughts in my mind, which includes this body, right? So it's that idea that you have to pause and notice. You got to call out, but you have to be absolutely ready, right? Like there's that phrase on your knees exists for a reason. You have to be absolutely ready and on your knees to let your mind change, to not be stuck anymore. And that is when it works. And it's the thing that I did not understand until recently. Um, So, oh my God, there's so much to say. I'm going to wrap it up, though. We might do prayer part two. (laughs) Um, So I was telling my uh, spiritual guide of mine um, about this. And because it has seemed sort of like a miracle to me, it has been so profound. Um, And she said, you know, when we are in that place of, like, being on our knees and really stuck... um, we have sort of cultivated <laughs> a willingness inside of us that is receptive for grace, right? If we're willing to call out. And then this is the thing that blew my mind about um, what she said, is that really it is a, a strengthening um, and a reconnection with our intuitive inner awareness, with our own inner wisdom, with the expression of God that resides within inside of us. It's a recognizing that the thoughts that are happening and looping in the vrittis, that's what we call them in yoga, that are shifting are not us and that we have access to something deeper that is inside of us, right? Which goes back to that um, Khalil Gibran quote, um, which that one line, right? For what is prayer but the expansion of yourself into the living ether? So, my, my perception of it was that it was, I was get, receiving some sort of external guidance, but really what was happening, and this feels very clear to me now, is that I was actually clearing the path to be able to be in alignment with my own inner wisdom, and that that is the work of prayer. Right? To be so free that that expression and that extension of love that exists inside of us, that comes from spirit, that comes from the universe, that comes from whatever you want to think it comes from, um, that we have access to it and the free will and the agency to engage with it at any time. And it seems obvious maybe or not obvious <laughs> however it seems to you, but an actual practice, there, we can practice being in alignment with it. Um, I'm gonna, I have so many more stories to share with you. But that's okay. We got to the beginning of it. Perhaps we will carry on tomorrow with some of the stories. Oh, I just want to say this, right? That when we are calling out that this is for everyone, (laughs) when we're on our knees, when we feel like we can't do it by ourselves, but it is not a striving. And that came up in the Khalil Gibran passage as well. Right, That if we are doing it from a place of cultivating, a a strengthening of our intuitive awareness from a striving point, like we're going to get something like I did when I was a little girl, um, like that I had to do that to be good. This isn't about being right or wrong or good or bad. It's about realigning with something that we already are. That we already are. And the understanding that we're not the, the attack thoughts. That we're something that we're connected to something larger inside of us. Okay. That was a big one today, friends.